All right, so this is Ben Brown with BSL Nutrition, where we make smart nutrition simple, and I am super happy to welcome Joey Emont to the show. Joey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, Ben? Thanks for having me. I'm good, man. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate the time. Joey, what's been going on with you? What have you been oh, up to? Man. You know, um, it's, been, it's been a uh, roller coaster ride lately. Um, like I said, I, you know, I was doing a lot of... Um, I was doing a lot of nutrition stuff in the past and, uh, you know, the last year or so, uh, I kind of tr transitioned to start working on some of the more advanced, like, uh, muscle activation techniques work. Um, so I got involved in a new internship, uh, with them. Uh, it's like the new RX level stuff. And so I've been flying back there. It's like a, th like a three year process. So we're about to wrap that up in October. So like all my focus has been wrapped up in, uh, in just completing that and, and, uh, and getting that rolling. So it's just been it's been really, really, it's been cool, but it's been, you know, you've been grinding. Really, yeah. Yeah. It's just grinding, man. It's been, so what, what's, what's MAT for, for those of those of us that don't know what's MAT. Yeah. So, uh, MAT is called, it stands for muscle activation techniques and essentially, uh, what it is, it's a way of evaluating the body, um, by looking at where the body is missing stability. Essentially, like we believe that all tightnesses in the body are like a side effect of the body uh, looking for stability because there's an underlying weakness. And, you know, as a strength coach, like myself and yourself included, um, we kind of have a bias towards things being strong, right. you know? So when it comes down to it, I mean, bottom line is like wherever you're not flexible, it's because you're actually missing strength in those areas. And so if you can pinpoint throughout the body, like where there's actually weaknesses, um, and we do that by doing uh, very specific muscle tests all around the whole body, uh, we can actually pinpoint where your body's having trouble contracting and connecting to those muscles. And then by systematically solving those issues, wherever your body has the biggest amount of issue, uh, whether that's in your neck or your shoulder, or if it's in your low back or your knee or your foot. Like even if you have like a shoulder problem, we might find that as we've systematically addressed some of these inhibitions that we're finding all over your system, um, that allows your body better neural control. And then you get strong and your body opens up its flexibility. And so essentially in its simple terms, <clears throat> if you give the body enough stability, it'll give you automatically all the mobility that you could ask for it or okay. ask from it. You know? I gotcha. I gotcha. So, so basically, whereas we would normally think like, Oh, I'm really tight, you know, in my hip flexors or I'm tight in my hips or like my shoulders really tight. It may not actually be muscle tightness per se, or it's tightness because of weakness. Is that right? Is yeah. That right. That would be the, the last thing you said would be like 100% correct. It would be the muscles are tight. And this isn't to say that this is like 100% of the cases, sure. but in a lot of the cases, in conjunction with whatever's happening with their physiology, you also will see a concomitant tightness as a protective mechanism, as a, a compensation for some underlying weakness. And so if somebody comes in with a shoulder problem, um, you know, depending on the trauma that's taken place in that tissue in the past or uh, overuse, underuse, you know, all those things, even like bio chemical kind of changes, nutrition and um, stresses on the system, uh, under recovery, all those kinds of things can affect the function of the tissues. And, um, you know, that might play a role in, in how well the muscles are actually contracting around that shoulder. And it could be something that's right around the shoulder, or it could be something that's far away from the shoulder sure. or anywhere in between. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so it, it's kind of a fascinating um, kind of a fascinating technique that I basically picked up like maybe 10, 10 years ago. Um, but really what it was, was like, it was more as an adjunct to, you know, my, my real goal at the time, which was like, let's get as good as possible at transforming somebody's uh, body composition. Right. Um, and so ultimately you want all of your clients to be able to perform at their best so that uh, you have two things, right? You want to be able to give them the best bang for their buck as far as like exercise choices. Um, but two, you want to feel confident that you can load up their body and push them to their absolute limit without necessarily feeling like, man, there's significant risk here of them injuring themselves, you know, because I know like I myself in the past, like 
uh, I'll be training somebody and you know that you want the intensiveness of that session to go up. Mm -hmm. so you might be choosing to give them an exercise where they can work hard, but some of those reps, you might be looking at them going like, I don't know about that, right. you know? And yeah. so you're kind of like, you're kind of going, okay, but this is getting them to their results on one level. You know, it's getting them the body comp results that they're looking for, but also the reps don't always look as clean as you like. And so you got to always ride that kind of risk to reward, um, you know, train. And, and I feel like like MAT was something that really kind of helped me to push that boundary a little, a little bit more, you know, and, um, um, and it was something that I initially brought on board for that. And it was almost like this thing that I had just in my back pocket. Sure. Um, but as I kind of progressed with the skill set, I've just gotten better and better. And so it's kind of turned into this whole, like its own thing. And, um, and in the last couple of years, you know, I got invited to take part in this advanced training and it's just been like, it's been really awesome, but it's been eye opening. And, um, it's been another roller coaster ride, but you know, whenever there's something like that, that's just that different. Uh, and it takes basically every fiber of my being like that. That's where my attention has been pretty much like 100%. Uh, and so now I actually got invited to, uh, to work once a week at this rheumatology clinic, um, where, and this is insane, right? Because at this point, like I could work with pretty much any population. Like there's nobody that you could put in front of me that I wouldn't be able to like, you know, figure out something that we could do that would improve like what it is that they can do. Essentially, I want to know what people can't do yeah. so that I can just move them forward in a progression kind of out of that. So it's like whatever's better than what they had before, that's okay with me. Um, <clears throat> um. So, okay. So what, what types of clients are you, are you seeing right now? Well, this is interesting because this just kind of shifted. Yeah. Um, uh, I got, I actually shared a client with a, a clinical nutritionist and um, you know, and she happened to have some autoimmune stuff, like come sub subclinical uh, autoimmune stuff going on. And I, I mean, we've gone to the same, you know, nutrition type seminar stuff. So, I mean, both of us kind of know a thing or two about nutrition. And so, you know, when I started telling her about this, like, I'm like, Hey, these are some things you might want to take a look at, you know, being that you have some subclinical autoimmunity and most um, medical circles will not do anything about it until they can identify exactly which autoimmune disease that they have. Right. So I, so I said to her, these are some things you might want to address. And she said to me, Oh, well, my nutritionist told me a lot of the same things that you're telling me. Mm -hmm. And I said, great, I want to meet your nutritionist. <laughs> nice. So are you talking about when you talk about, you know, subclinical autoimmune, are you talking about like potential gluten sensitivities or, or dairy stuff or hypothyroid, like, um, yeah, autoimmune like, hypothyroid type stuff? What are you, what are you specifically referring to? Well, I think in, in general, I was just giving her some general brush strokes of like um, the genesis of like autoimmune disease. And if she's seeing somebody who is paying attention to, I don't know, the medications that she's on and, you know, prescribing her a balanced diet, whatever it happens to be, um, you know, I want her to understand that the gut flora and the, you know, the strength of her, her, her uh, gut lining uh, is all something that she has to be really paying attention to and food sensitivities um, and other things that might be affecting or creating an inflammatory response in her immune system. And also, uh, you know, the antibodies that her immune system is, is producing against potentially some of those foods she might be choosing. Um, and so an elimination diet, um, you know, maybe for a period of time, like paleolithic style, style nutrition, but like with a spin on like autoimmunity. So avoiding those additional antigens like um, nightshade vegetables, sure. like tomatoes and um, eggplant and peppers and things like that, that most people would normally think are like healthy foods for them. Um, but they might be causing uh, an immune response that they, they just don't know how it's affecting their body and it can affect their body and you know, all these multitudes of ways that you know, maybe they're, they're taking for granted. Like who knows if she's had like a runny nose or like, you know, headaches or, right. I mean, she came to me because she had aches and pains all over her body. Okay. And it's like, that kind of sounds a little bit like rheumatoid arthritis, you know? Right. Um, but she also, if you start asking her about her gut health, um, she'll start telling you that her digestion is terrible and she has cramps all the time and, you know, she's bloated and, 
and all these different symptoms that come up. And, you know, it turns out that she actually had a functional medicine doctor that she went to who prescribed her this entire protocol that um, I was very much in agreement with. So I thought that was really awesome. She actually got on an antibiotic just to like blow out some of those like bad bugs, you know, and, and, you know, these are great tools that, even though I'm knowledgeable about, like, I don't have the power to prescribe a medication to really clear the room, you know, if these, uh, she's got a bad uh, gut imbalance. So, um, but I have to say that this clinical nutritionist that, um, that I met because of this uh, client that we share, uh, she essentially saw the outcomes of the combination between her nutrition um, advice that was, that was being taken and then also uh, concomitantly with the muscle activation techniques treatments, like her outcomes were, were, you know, like she was seeing that that this girl was doing significantly better. So she brought me into this clinic where they passed me one of their most difficult patients. Um, and when I walked into the room, uh, into this clinic, which was like this waiting room, right? There was a room full of people. And then I had my massage table with me. And this one lady looked over at me and she's sitting there with a walker in front of her. And she was like, you know, are you, uh, are you Joey? And I was thinking like, man, this is the person that they're going to set me up with. I was yeah, like, yeah. man, let's just see what, what happens now. Because of, of course it's the lady with the walker, you right. know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there going like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? With this yeah. Person? So what's your, what's your mindset like in a situation <laughs> like that? Because I feel like we've all been there. Yeah, man. I mean, you, I just kept an open mind, you know, like I was like, you know what? Uh, and and going back to exactly the tenets of that I'm talking about with muscle activation techniques is I just want to know what she can't do. Um, and so, you know, if she can't lie down on her back, then shit, we're going to start, you know what I mean? And so she was essentially in pain everywhere in a walker. Couldn't really like, like, walk up and down stairs very well. And she was telling me that her, her function was kind of just deteriorating since like maybe midway last year. And, um, so I started evaluating her and I just found that, um, there weren't very many areas where she had like good neuromuscular control. So it almost didn't really matter where I started because you know, anytime you can make something better, it's going to have a radiating effect all over the whole system. So um, I think I worked a little bit on her foot and I worked on some of her lateral hip stabilizers and, you know, the next week she came in and she was walking in with a cane. So she said, it's much better. I'm able to kind of walk upstairs, you know, there's still some pain. Um, and then treated her again. And then I didn't see her for two weeks cause I had some busy stuff going on. She comes back in, um, two weeks later, no cane. And I said, no cane. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I haven't needed a cane since you worked on me last. And, uh, and I said, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. You know? And she's like, yeah, my pain's probably cut in half. Um, and then actually I just saw her again yesterday and she walked in carrying a cello. <laughs> yeah. Why, why not? Like, cause why not? You know, I was like, you're carrying a cello. She's like, yeah, I didn't really want to leave it in the car. Dude, <laughs> As if like nominal, you know? So, I mean, that story, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I don't think it could have gone really any better than it did. Um, you know, so that's kind of like a, one of those like, like amazing kind of things. But, but here's the thing, like this shift just took place for me, like probably like within the last couple months, like I've, I've gotten my skill set with um, muscle activation techniques to a place where I can walk into a clinic and have the, you know, have the head physician uh, shake hands with me and ask me about what I do and then tell him how it works. And then he gives me his most complex patient. And then, you know, we have a very positive outcome. So I guess that's where things are going because at this point I made an agreement with them and I'm basically going to spend uh, full days there every Tuesday. So that's kind of, you know, I'm just kind of going with it and feeling like where things are, are headed. But I love that at this point in time, I'm starting to put together like a really good team of like some really amazing practitioners. And I think that, you know, we, we have a tendency to want to just be all things like, and just kind of know all the things. Um, 
but I really feel like, you know, at this point in my career, I should just double down and focus on some of the things that I know that I could be like really great at. Sure. And then, uh, and let the other people do the things that they're really great at and just, you know, share a mutual respect for one another. And I think, I think that's starting to happen, um, here in Los Angeles, because I think in Los Angeles, it's probably one of the tougher cities to find like, um, like people that are not only good at what they do, but also open-minded. And, uh, you know, cause really like the Los Angeles, uh, crowd, it's really a lot of like anti-aging instantaneous results. Like sure. what can you do to help me look better? Like right now, um, <clears throat> And there's not a big focus on like holistic, you know, holistic health as a, as like, uh, I'm doing this because I'm so concerned about, uh, you know, where my body and my, you know, my soul and my, you know, my well-being is going to be for lack of a better word in maybe 10 or 15 years, which is kind of the mindset, you know, that I come from. I'm kind of like, okay, look, this is, there's nothing more important than your health if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So it doesn't really matter like how much money you make or like how many fancy cars you drive or, you know, who even has respect for you or how much power you hold over other or whatever it happens to be. That's kind of like your marker of success. If your health is like, you know, and to add to that point, you know, I, I've worked with some, also some uh, like physique competitors, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, they really, they look like the picture of health, but then, you know, underneath all that, it's not really, it's very deceiving and you're doing all this stuff for like a plastic trophy. Right. And they're you know oftentimes I mean? just the epitomized epitome of compromised health and both, both, both physically and psychologically. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and that's, um, that's something people don't realize is, is oftentimes you get these people with, with, with really poor behavioral um, issues surrounding food and poor relationship with food and poor relationship with their body and, and, uh, and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so, so I, I can relate big time to having a good network of practitioners. So to both having a good network of practitioners is imperative to being really good at what you do. And, and then also is owning up to what you like, what you do and what you want to focus on and what you're really good at. Because I think something in, that's just the nature of the personal training industry that we both started in is you want to be all things to everybody. Right. And um, you kind of go through that, that if you're, if you want to be good, right, you continue to learn and you start to study different things and then you, you have so much experience in a little bits of experience in different areas that you think that and you want to be able to encompass everything, right? And so there's, there's that level of wanting to try and, try and be all things, but there's also the level in my experience is just not being confident enough to want to, to want to refer out to other people and almost being scared of like, what's the other trainer going to say about what I'm doing? What if they say what I'm doing is wrong, you know? And yeah. so that takes a long time or it's, it, and it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I'm, I'm comfortable enough and confident enough with what I'm doing to just be like, look, this is, this is what we're doing in my experience. This is what's going to work for you. And, but I also have a team of practitioners so that I don't go beyond the, the scope of my practice. Right. Right. Totally. You know, and it's, you really got to learn your limits and it's, it's a very difficult, um, it's a di very difficult like line to establish because, um, you know, we get access to, uh, quite a lot of, of exclusive information, you know, from like some very high level people and, you know, and there was a while there that I was getting actually referrals from a lot of people that were very sick. And, you know, and so one half of your mind is going, well, I'm not a clinician. Um, but I do definitely have some pearls of wisdom that would absolutely add to the value of their life. You know, and so you're sitting there going like, I probably have better insights than a lot of these people, you know, that they might go and see. And it's probably going to be better than 90% of whatever they're going to go and do, you know, on their own. Um, and so it becomes this really difficult thing because, 
is finally finding the people that you can surround yourself with that you absolutely trust. And you're like, this person is going to make some really good decisions. And I know that. And they spend their lifetime like studying all that stuff. I mean, it's something that I've wanted to set up for a long time and it's, it's kind of been coming together. But I remember when I didn't have that kind of a network and there would be people that would come in. I mean, I started seeing some people with like, you know, Crohn's disease and like people with like full blown limes, you know, and they've been to every doctor and I just see the pain in their eyes. You know, I'm just like, man, like, you know, I, and although I'm not sitting here trying to prescribe them medications or trying to tell them what they should or shouldn't do. Um, I know that there are some practices that I could impart upon them that would definitely improve their outcome, you know? Um, and so even though I wouldn't necessarily try to sit there and treat them, um, I would know that they would walk out better for having, you know, worked with me, but I, it was, it's this very fine line. You know, and so now I'm able to say, hey, uh, you have this, this issue going on. Well, this is the aspect that I'm absolutely responsible for. And this is the responsibility that I have nothing to do with. Um, but I have this other person who spends their life, you know, working on this aspect. And we can be in very tight communication, you know. And so it gives me a lot more flexibility um, because, you know, I trust them and they trust me. Um, but you're right, man. It takes a long time to get to that place, even from like an ego standpoint. Um, and I, and I have such an appreciation for that, that I really try to not be a threat to anybody else either. You know what I mean? Like, um, because as trainers, like we are, it's very cutthroat, you know, very cutthroat industry. And so, so even inadvertently, like if you don't really, if you're not careful, you can end up saying something, you know, uh, subconsciously just like, you know that maybe undermines like somebody else's experience. And, you know, so it's like every time, you know, somebody sends me somebody, uh, I'm always very, very cautious about, you know, speaking very highly of them and, and making sure to reinforce their decision to go and see that other person. Because I want, I want everyone to feel comfortable. Like I'm not going to sit here and try to like poach clients from other people. And, right. you know, cause that's, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. And I just, you know, I feel like, Here's one thing that's really cool. You know, all of us as like health practitioners, um, we have a lot of like uh, divergent ideas on what can create optimal health. Like somebody might think paleo diet, some other person might think vegetarian diet, somebody else might think, you know, you need to stretch and you need to do all this stuff and FST or this is ART, it's way better. Or if it's MAT or if it's, you know, chiropractic, or I mean, God, there's so many three letter acronyms that are like, you know, so helpful to people in different, in different ways. But in reality, like, we're all in this industry, because we have a good heart. And at least I hope most of us do, you know, right. And we're all on the same team, in reality, you know, and, and so um, the more that we can all like, play nice with one another, I think, the better the the reputation that the health um industry or and more more so the alternative quote unquote health industry can have you know when we're not like too busy like sitting here bickering with one another trying to figure out who's got the best system or what's the best nutrient to take or you know or whatever you know so <clears throat> so that's what i want i just want i just want to i just want the uh you know the the client and the person to, to just have the best experience, best experience possible with as many, as many people as it takes to, to have that happen. Joey, what would you, because you have so much experience in the field and, and like we talked about in, in all the various realms of, you know, from personal training to nutrition, and I know you have experience with functional medicine and you've, you've, you've certainly done your, your studying in terms of biochemistry and nutritional supplements and, and obviously, you know, MAT now. So what would you recommend? Um, and so I, I strongly value your opinion and we have a lot of trainers that, you know, listen. So based on what we were just talking about, you know, what would you recommend to maybe young and up and coming trainers or even trainers that have been in the industry for a while? What, what steps um, could they take to start to develop um, a network of practitioners around them? Because we both, we both firmly acknowledge the benefits of having a, a strong network of, of practitioners. Yeah. What would you say to that? 
Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, well, I think on a side note, like related to the same topic, uh, I think that merely being a trainer is like, it's not, it's not really enough. And I think one thing that made me that always kind of was able to set me apart um, was early on, I was looking for things that would, that would um, distinguish me from just an, any other trainer, you know? And so that for me started, well, it started with MAT, honestly. And right around the same time was when I found biosignature because I think the two things that were important there was number one, biosignature, which I'm not sure where everyone stands on, you know, uh, whatever is going on with, with, uh, with that and all the hormonal balance. I mean, you know, there's, everybody's got their different, like whatever, but, but from a standpoint of how interesting it was to find out that fat loss happens um, from a spot reduction, could potentially be spot reduction, you know, uh, and hormonally based versus genetically you just happen to hold things in a certain area and it just comes off from all places equally. Like that was really fascinating for me. Mm -hmm. And so because that's like a counterintuitive thing, I really felt like it was like something that could really be marketed really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and from the other standpoint of you could get more flexible without stretching from the MAT standpoint, like those two things are highly marketable. And so when you can find that, there are certain skill sets as a new trainer that will set you apart from what everyone else is saying. I think it makes you as a whole less threatening because you, if you're offering strength training and someone else is offering strength training, then there's no reason for you to refer people from, you know, one person to another. And in fact, there's a threat because now you guys are both offering the same thing. And then there's a question of who's better, you know, but you know, from my standpoint, having a variety of different skill sets, um, you know, even nutrition, a huge one, because yeah. what I used to do with other trainers is I would say, you know, I can meet with your client once a week. I can set them straight on their nutrition plan. And, um, and then as they eat better, they're going to lose body fat and they're working with you two, three, four times a week. Who do you think is going to get the, the credit, you know, yeah. for those results? It's probably going to be you. You know, so when they say, hey, uh, you're looking really great. What are you doing? And they're going to say, oh, my, I've got this great trainer and I see him four times a week, you know. Yeah. And so to them, it makes me not a threat. And the same thing with, you know, MAT. It's like I do table work. I'm not necessarily looking to train your clients, you know, or steal them away or whatever. So that's an aside to the, you know, the one thing. And, and that's the, the best advice that I give to pretty much any new trainer is find a way to set yourself apart um, because I know a lot of trainers over the years that, you know, they've fallen into different um, like low points where they just have trouble with their businesses, you know? And um, you know, I've also had my low points, but you know, the thing is I've never really felt like I'm in dire straits because I always have a constant source of referrals. Even if like business was like not so great, I'm like, I don't know. They just come. And it's because I've always been kind of a specialized trainer. So this specialty, and actually, you know, it's really interesting. Um, and it does tie into this point of like, how do you build a network? Because um, one thing I remember Ben Pakulski actually saying, funny enough, he said that uh, because of his advanced knowledge in bodybuilding, it doesn't matter what room he's standing in. There's value in the words that come out of his mouth. So even if he's standing next to the president of the United States, previous president of the United States, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, if they were to have a conversation and somehow like nutrition or training came up, uh, even if maybe he doesn't know a lot about politics, he could absolutely impart some really valuable knowledge uh, to the president about his fitness routine, you know? And so it doesn't matter where you're at. If you have something that sets you apart, these are the tools that allow you to really network because I could walk into any room and most executives are concerned with their health and longevity at some level, you know, they may not be ready to commit, 
but right. they are, it's, it's on their radar. And if you start talking about brain optimization and different ways to improve their productivity and energy levels and recovery, you know, you start speaking their language, then all of a sudden, you know, you may not be able to talk with them, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one to financial, whatever, you know, but, but if you have like a toolbox, that's really important to everybody and has some, some key insights that would benefit pretty much anyone, uh, you can make some very powerful connections just using those things. So one thing I've told some newer trainers lately is, um, because like, for instance, MAT is a big commitment. Mm -hmm. I would say I've been recommending they go to like FST, which is fascial stretch therapy. Right. Um, it's just five days. They certify you on the spot and there's like three different levels. And basically what ends up happening is you'll leave there with a skill set. You could take your clients and then you put them on the table and you're using a strap and it looks totally different than anything any other trainer's doing. And that sets you apart. And it almost like allows you the opportunity to work with not only your own clients, but other people's clients just for this specialized service. And you get an infinite number of referrals from people within the fitness industry, you know, because they already have a set of clientele that have already decided this is important to them and they have a dispensable income and a budget that they use to spend on training. So you've got access to however many trainers who are friends of yours, you know, 10, 20 people that also have maybe 10, 20 people each that may benefit from FST or something else. Yep. And if they believe in you uh, and you're not threatening, you're going to get a, just an unlimited referral source of clients. And it's always happened like this for me. It doesn't matter what room I walk into with other trainers. Everybody's always interested in what I'm doing. As soon as I open my mouth, they go, wow, this is really cool. I have like four clients I'm going to send you, you know? Yep. I don't have to really work for my business. It just, it just works for me. Um, so I don't know if I, I don't find this. No, you did. And there's a few things that I picked out that I think really resonate with me. Um, and it's one is, is you have to keep learning. And I mentioned that before, but you have to keep learning in the industry. You can't just get a, an A certification or an NASM or NSCA, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can't just get one certification and think that, you know, you're set. Um, because if you're not consistently learning, um, you know, you're, you're going to be stagnant. I mean, you have to continue because it's, it's not uh, all encompassing. And two is to be authentic, you know, so you need to, um, in my experience, you need to just be comfortable with being you and people are going to resonate with that. I think that's really, really important. That's taken me a very long time to not try and be someone that I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, is, is, um, and so when you can do that, you're going to get people that are going to be instantly drawn to you, which is very valuable. And you're also going to have people that are repelled by you. And that's a good thing because those are people that you don't want anyways. And so with that said is you need to know who you want to work with as well. And that allows you the opportunity to then network with the right people, right? If I don't want to work with rheumatoid arthritis patients, like I'm, I'm not going to be speaking that language and I'm not going to be certainly promoting my services to those types of people. Or when the clinician reaches out and says, Hey, do you want to work with this person? You're very comfortable saying, look, it's not about the money. It's about the people that I enjoy. Like I just enjoy working with physique athletes or I just enjoy working with fat loss population, yep. you know? So, so for, for people to be very clear about you know, who they do and who they don't want to work with is, is, is very important. Um, and then from there is using that, I, I guess the last point in, in that is using your continuing education to <clears throat> uh, share, you know, using that and sharing that knowledge. One way that was effective for me to improve my network was by creating content. And I wrote a lot of articles um, for a local magazine and put on my website. And it was a good way for me to one to market because, you know, you, you mentioned like we're personal trainers, like we don't know how to 95% of personal trainers have no clue how to run a business, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so you're kind of thrown to the wolves and you're like, okay, well I have these tools at my disposal, but now how do I get people in the door? Well, people have to know what you have to offer. 
And simply by expressing that knowledge and giving people value of, hey, here's you know three nutritional supplements that can help with fat loss or improve gut health. People are looking for that stuff. And you may have the same education as the trainer you're standing next to, but if you can express that and people can then you know, know, like, and trust you and see your value, then you're going to be a lot more likely to get those clients, but you're also going to be a lot more likely to move yourself above the stigma of being just a personal trainer. And then you have, you know, doctors and chiropractors that say, Hey, I like what, you know, I like what this guy's talking about. It seems like he really knows what's going on either. Maybe I'll go see him for myself or I'm, I'll be more comfortable sending my clients his way. And then the, the other part of that is don't be afraid to go out and meet with those people, you know, and say, look, you know, here's what I have to offer. And, and if it's something that you feel like is going to be valuable for your business, then great. If you feel like, you know, something that would be valuable for you. I had a lot of, you know, chiropractors and doctors come to me as clients, which is a great way to show yep. them what you can do. And totally. that's a great way to start getting some referrals. So I, I think you're yeah, spot on there. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, because, you know, since, since I was working, any, see anything that I get into, I've noticed, like, I mean, there's kind of a like conglomeration of like, I wear many hats, I guess, you know, like on this. And it's kind of weird because I know that there's like common ground in there somewhere. Like there's the strength training part and then there's the fat loss part and there's the physique part and then there's like the rehab part and the wellness part, you know, like all this stuff, it's, it's all connected in some way. But, you know, I wear many hats and, and whatever aspect I'm focusing on at that very moment, it tends to, I think it's just the energy that I put out there and that's what I end up attracting. So when I was like really learning rehab, I was really seeing some very complex cases, people that were like really, really like in the gutter with, you know, like their body. And then as I started really working on nutrition, I was getting a lot of people that, uh, you know, wanted to improve their health. And there was, and, and basically there was a, a strong bias to wellness. Uh, and so as I started getting more and more into wellness and functional medicine, it started getting more like, dare I say, like clinical level type stuff. And so then people were noticing their symptoms were improving. And I started attracting more and more complex cases and to the point where it was like, this is a little bit you know, it's a little bit like scary because, you know, they trust me so much and, you know, I would never want to um, overstep my boundaries. So, you know, at a certain point in my career, like, you know, like I said, like you, we are trainers, but then, you know, and we're, we're qualified to work with a certain population, but then the better you get, the more complex these cases get. And it's like, but that's not what I planned for. It's just because, you know, like I have this kind of mind that allows me to take things to the nth degree. And I find out so much that, you know, I just happen to develop tools that can help people that are, you know, on the fringes, you know? And, but the thing is, it would be really nice if I, you know, had somebody in each one of these areas where if, you know, there was some serious pathology, I could just be like this person I trust implicitly, you know? And so I don't think that that type of thing, can happen until you get to a certain point in your career where you're like, all right, I've taken my knowledge to as far as I feel comfortable taking it or, um, and, and now it's like, I know that because of my interests and where I want my business to go, uh, I need to have other people on board to kind of back up the things that I say and to take the, take the baton when I decide that like, this is an option, you know, for that person. And you have to get to a certain place in your career before you're willing to do that. Because at first you're kind of pushing your boundaries. Well, like how far can I, you know, how far can I take this? And you know, how good am I? You know what I mean? And so, um, but when I started getting people that were like really sick, like in my door and I started kind of like turning them away, like, look, this is somebody that you should probably speak with. Um, but it was really tough because, there's so many practitioners out there and I was just given them a lot of times I was just given them a name that I had heard, you know, here and there, uh -huh. but I knew it would be better than like whatever, you know, some other thing or wherever they would naturally go, even though I may or may not know exactly how good this person was. Um, you know, whereas now 
I'm starting to like really pull in the people and keep them close that I happen to really respect. Um, and that was what was really cool about, for instance, meeting this uh, clinical nutritionist because she specializes in autoimmunity, you yeah. know? And so to me, like when we sat down and went to lunch and she started saying things that I'd never heard of in my life, I was like, this is somebody I need to keep close. And she was so happy to give me these opportunities to work with like her clients and also, you know, this entire clinic's patients, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and it kind of go, it goes both ways, man. And it's so awesome. And so, you know, now that I'm kind of moving more into this, like, MAT world, I'm again, you know, I'm seeing like complex, like starting to see more complex clinical um, cases uh, under the supervision of, you know, this rheumatologist at this clinic. And uh, I think that, you know, at this moment in time, just because where, where my, my mental focus is, uh, this is a population that I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy working with for the time being. But at some point, I'm probably going to switch back and be like, all right, I had enough of that. Yeah. You know, cool. Let's get back into physique athletes and, you know, but I'm going to be that much better for it. Yep. Um, so it's kind of like, I see it like an amoeba, you know, like, like if this is your skill set, you know, at present time, right. like you start expanding in this direction and it kind of goes a little oblong, you know, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, I need to start developing this area. And so then it starts expanding, you know, kind of in this direction. And so your amoeba kind of expands like in, kind of like uh, asymmetrical ways at certain times. And then, you know, but as you kind of slowly expand it, you're pushing your boundaries in every direction and you kind of become a more well-rounded practitioner as you yeah. go along. So Yeah, totally. My wife makes fun of me because it's like every six months I want to do something different. And of course <laughs> it's all within the realm of health and fitness, but you know, it's like, Oh, honey, you know, back in the day, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to massage therapy school. And then I was like, I'm going to do FST. And then I'm going to, okay, I'm going to get my master's degree in clinical nutrition. And then, um, you know, I want to specialize. I want, I want to really start to study more strength and conditioning. And it's like, you know, but when you understand all of that, and at least you have a, a solid foundation from all of that, then bringing back to what we were talking about earlier is you can speak the language of the other practitioners that you're associating with and they'll have that much more trust in in what you have to offer um you know to to that client so so it's very valuable stuff is is you need to have a complex understanding the human body is very complex you know so with that said um well two things okay so first i want to find out more about you had said okay so you're on the certainly on the um more uh, clinical side from the, the rheumatology type stuff. So you had mentioned earlier that you, um, you had the opportunity to work with a baseball player. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've worked with some, some professional athletes before. So what, what was that like if, from whatever details that you can, you can share? Yeah. So they're doing um, the, uh, the, the world baseball championship, like classic, uh, it's like the, all the world teams kind of come together in the off season and they kind of do this whole tournament. Um, do you follow that stuff? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, and, and so, yeah, friends of mine. So this guy comes into town and he's, um, and he's stoked on MAT. I mean, okay. And like my friends that know his name were like, uh, were like, yeah, dude, he's just, it's that's so that's what he's been doing. You know, like he's just been getting a lot of help. Um, and he tells me that in the off season, um, he gets treated with MAT like three times a week. Um, and so he's all stoked on it. And so my friend just hit me up and he goes, Hey, they're all in Los Angeles. Um, if you could work on him, that'd be great. You know? So, um, so yeah, I went down, I went downtown, um, and did two days of work on, uh, one of the guys and, um, yeah, man, it's cool. Like, you know, and actually, uh, last week also I worked on a, uh, on a running back, uh, for the Tampa Bay bucks. Um, so I mean, it's like, there's a lot of new opportunities that are kind of being tossed in my direction and you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, um, reward when it comes to working with, uh, specifically 
the athletes, you know, like certainly there's reward in working with the people that can't even like walk without a walker and getting them to like carry stuff up and down stairs and a cello and stuff, you know, but, but there certainly is a lot of reward uh, working with uh, athletes that basically their mindset is the better their performance, you know, the, the better their value um, now and in the future And so when that kind of payoff occurs and they're no longer in pain or they're able to perform at a much higher level than they would have without your help, then there certainly is a significant amount of reward. And I would say that probably there's more reward working with those types of athletes uh, than even there is with physique athletes, to be honest. For sure. (laughs) And I don't know like why that is, but I think their psychology is just like in in a different place. Um, and they just have kind of this, like this attitude that's just, um, just slightly different, you know, than, uh, than a physique athlete looking to just achieve a certain look and, you know, take home a plastic trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know it sounds like I'm making them sound like these no, really, man, like, I mean, that's, that's something that's, <laughs> look, personally, that's something that's never really been on my radar or appealed to me. So I I'm with you there, but I, I certainly respect the time and dedication and effort that goes into that kind of stuff nonetheless. Um, but it's cool that in a world that does appreciate instant gratification, that there's modalities that exist that are pretty darn close and not saying that someone could go see you for one session and be, you know, be fully healed or improved or whatever, but there can be improvement that can be made within that one session to the degree that it's something that's like, okay, this is has legitimate value versus maybe just starting to change your nutrition a little bit, or just starting to take a little bit of supplementation. It's like, that may be something that you're not going to see the rewards from for a long time, or, or you may be getting value, but you're not going to feel it. So that's pretty cool that you can work with such a diverse array of population using the same methodology. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, Joey. So I want to just jump into nutrition just a little bit. And so we know, I don't know, maybe you could just talk a little bit about kind of your basic nutritional philosophy or if there was sort of kind of, if you're talking to, I, I suppose regardless of what type of client fits a professional athlete to uh, a very sick, um, arthritic, you know, patient, I'm assuming you'd have the same sort of foundational nutrition principles. If, if, you know, you could summarize those in a nutshell, what, what would those be? Yeah. Well, um, I think that I've kind of wavered back and forth throughout my career with, uh, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of traditional, uh, nutrition knowledge that, you know, we've all gotten in the past from either, um, the American heart association or, you know, the magazines that we used to read as kids. Cause I mean, as long as I can remember, I've been involved and wanting to know more about, you know, health and, and nutrition. And, uh, you know, like I grew up with, um, a medical family around me. Mm-hmm. So very Western medicine. Um, and so, I always thought that I was on the leading edge of like what's good nutritionally, but you know, I've come to to realize that they're very far from knowing pretty much anything about nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but when I first became a trainer, I mean, I've been, I've been really like watching my nutrition closely probably since I was like 16, 17. I started actually training when I was like 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I took, you know, whatever it was, the, whatever it was that, uh, that I knew from like bodybuilding magazines or whatever I was reading at the time, you know, which was essentially like, uh, Oh, what was the thing I used to do? Uh, body for life. Do you remember that with Bill Phillips? Yeah. Bill Phillips. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was like, eat like lean chicken and no fat and, uh, vegetables basically. And like brown rice, you know, that was was like the staple. And so that was where my nutrition knowledge was, you know, at that young of an age and where I used to spend all of my time and and money was on like, you know, all the shiny supplements like, uh, you know, creatine and, um, whey protein and, you know, whatever, dysterone, you know, all these, whatever the hot thing was, HMB and I don't know what, 
you know, and those were the things because from a Western um, medicine background, um, you know, I don't think that they really put a lot of emphasis on like the multivitamins or, you know, specific nutrients because there would be a study left and right that would say this vitamin E is, I mean, you can remember a couple of years ago, vitamin E is good. And then it was vitamin E causes prostate cancer and then vitamin D is good. And then how much is vitamin D is good? You know, so you would see all this stuff and you'd be like, wow, I don't think that this stuff is effective at all. And so you would kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to get all my nutrients from food, but oh, but creatine, that's a whole different story. Let's take that, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, and as I started dialing things in, um, it was more about choosing quote unquote clean foods, you know, and, and, you know, whatever the heck that means. Um, but then, you know, I kind of started getting more into like uh, paleolithic style eating and then I've gone through like the whole ketogenic phases and yep. like, you know, then it started becoming like carb cycling and then we were learning about, you know, calorie intake. And so, man, there's, there's so many different approaches out there. And, you know, I feel like I, I choose a slightly different approach depending on who's in front of me. Sure. Um, because, you know, you, you've got these people that are like, uh, they call it if it fits your macros, right? It's like, it doesn't really matter like what you eat as long as you fit the numbers in um, to, you know, to whatever it is. So if you get to eat a donut and it fits your macros, you know, as long as you're not eating too many donuts, like totally good. Right. Um, and then you've got people that say, Oh, don't touch any wheat with a 10 foot pole. Uh, otherwise, you know, your gut's going to explode. So, and you know, quarter of a milligram can, can inflame your system for like three months or something. And so brain. <laughs> yeah, man. Right. So, so yeah, so there's all these different approaches, but so, I mean, and, and the thing is like, it's got to shift depending on who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a physique competitor, uh, you know, maybe initially you're not going to have to worry too much about like their total calorie intake initially, but eventually if you want to get to a place where they're looking like they are like striated, um, you know, abdominals and stuff, you're going to have to start paying attention to the total amount of food that they're eating. And you're going to have to tie that into the volume of their training and all that stuff. Um, so that's when you start giving people very specific numbers. Um, but the thing is like the numbers even on packaging are about 25% off plus or minus. So ultimately it becomes like, that's a very rough guideline and it's basically just telling you how much general quantity of food you're eating and how is that affecting your body composition? Yeah. Um, so I guess I would say that from a standpoint of being specific with like numbers and stuff, um, just for the general population, they need to learn what constitutes like a real food from something that's like, highly processed and it's going to have an adverse impact on their biochemistry and or their hormonal state. And if they can just make some shifts and some simple choices uh, that are going to pay off really well for them, like give them foods that are like filling that will charge their metabolism a little bit that will not be so inflammatory for their system. It's going to affect and impact their well-being. Uh, at a level where they're going to be more likely to be more compliant, you know? And so then, then you can make other little changes as you go along so that they feel even the bigger benefits of it, you know? And with those kinds of people, I basically don't give them any numbers at all. Right. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, you know, choosing to do clean eating with them, you know, and that calories don't matter, but it's just that you got to meet every, every client, you know, wherever they're at, you know? And then, if that person can tolerate like a blowout meal, you know, for psychological purposes, you might say, go out and have like a meal, whatever you want, you know? Um, but if it affects you in a really bad manner, then you might want to pay attention to that. And then you've got the people that are on the clinical side of things that walk into your office and they have some autoimmunity of some sort. And in that case, you know, it's not about weight loss or whatever. It's about feeling better. And those might be the people that you might say, Hey, Hey, if you have a quarter milligram of gluten, it's really going to fuck your system. So I need you to be super strict and stay away from all these things, at least temporarily until we can get your system to a place where you are stable and, um, 
you know, maybe able to handle more than just whatever you're doing right now. Cause you've basically been abusing your system for so long. So there might be a reason to be extra strict for a period of time. And so it's kind of like that amoeba, you know, that we're talking about. Um, and to be able to take somebody in that's at all different spectrums of this kind of like uh, gradient and be able to explain like, Hey, I need you to not ever touch this food right now for the next, you know, six to eight weeks because we're trying to accomplish this particular goal. If they can really understand that, uh, then they're going to more likely, they're more likely to be compliant with you, you know, versus someone else who's just trying to lose a little bit of weight. You know, it's like compare that to what they're eating now. And if you can make them, if you get them to realize that they can make better choices overall, um, and that might be enough just to get them to drop a few pounds and like change their wellness, you know, for the better. And that's different than getting somebody in that says, I have an aggressive goal in eight weeks. I have significant experience weight training. Right. uh, And I really need to look great for this photo shoot. That's when you'll pull out, you know, the big guns. And I think in um, like in, even in precision nutrition, they, they have different levels of like uh, what they consider uh, depending on who you're talking to, you know, you might have somebody who just doesn't drink enough water. It's like their readiness for change right? in sort of, it's a great answer. It's a great answer to a very, very general and complex um, question. Um, So for those, you know, for those people that are listening is hopefully, you know, your coach, if you have a coach or, or you're approaching it with a kind of the mindset of there's no kind of one size fits all. It's not, it's not a fad thing. It's like ketogenic may be right for some people under some circumstances, gluten-free, dairy-free, hardcore paleo, whatever it is. But in the grand scheme of things, sort of, you know, what are your goals? What is your readiness for change? What's your commitment level like, you know, and, 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 and taking that all into account and then plugging in, you know, your nutrition prescription uh, modalities is very, very important. So I appreciate that answer. Yeah, um, man. Cool, brother. So how much are you involved? Are you involved at all? We'll, and we'll just kind of, we'll wrap it up pretty quick here, but are you involved in any kind of supplementation with your clients? You leave that to the other practitioners? Yeah, I mean, there are there was a point in time I think where I was using significant number of supplements and uh, you know, and, and you would see that there were benefits, you know, with each one, which is what kept me kind of pushing like, you know, Hey, let's take this, let's do that. Let's do something else. And uh, um, but really at this point in time, like I just really want to move the big rocks, you know? And so um, I want to, I want to pay attention to some of the biggest issues that they're having, you know, and, and if, you know, if, if digestion is a real priority for them, then I'm going to focus on that one thing. And mm-hmm. so I might give them because first of all, if people don't know why they're doing something or they don't feel a notable difference with any change that you give them, they're not going to continue to do that thing. Um, and so I think, and I've been so guilty of this, you know, in the past, like I've had, and I've even having known what I'm saying right now, I've known it at the time and then broke the rule anyway, Sure, you know? And so I remember like early on, I can remember this clearly as day, um, probably about seven, seven years ago. I remember I got a client who came in and I said, look, this is the plan that I have for you over the next three months. Um, And I knew that we wanted to implement things over time. And he said, dude, I'm ready to do this now. And, (laughs) and I was like, I was like, all right, well, cool. You know, because I I want results too. Like, you know what I mean? Like I want results yesterday. Uh, So I remember I was like, well, uh, well, cool. You know? And so I just handed him all sorts of stuff. And, uh, Dude, he was doing the program and I remember like it wasn't even days later he was like, dude, 
dude, I'm just like, my digestive system's going crazy. I'm just not feeling well. And I don't know what it is. And it was a nightmare. It was a total nightmare because I had to systematically try to figure out if which one of these things that we were kind of doing with him was affecting his system. And, you know, oh, it's like, and then you have to backtrack and, yep. and then they kind of associate it with like bad feelings instead of yep. like the good ones, you know? So I've been there. I mean, yeah, man. And I'm not going to say that that was the only time that that type of thing has happened. Right. Cause I mean, I've had a lot of experiences like that, but I kind of know, you know, like what, what to expect and like where, cause I have certain rules, you know, that I like that I kind of, I use to kind of keep myself in check. You know, like, I, like, I'm like, all right, we're not going to start more than like two things at once. And, uh, you know, even if I think better of it, like, I'm just going to like stick to my guns on that one. And, um, at this moment in time, I think I try to keep things like under six things, you know, and even less, maybe even like three or four at a time. Um, and I focus on like one goal at a time. So, uh, I'm working, uh, right now I'm working with this girl, um, who's been having like, uh, significant shoulder pain. I'm not doing any manual therapy on her. We're just doing a nutrition kind of thing because she has her own practitioner. So, um, so I just, you know, I'm thinking that her biochemistry might help improve some of the symptoms that she's having. And actually it has, but from the functional medicine questionnaire that I had her fill out, seeing that she had a lot of like gut health issues. And so when that's the case, I basically gave her um, digestive enzyme, uh, some powder to take morning and night, you know, and that's it. There's a gut health powder and then, you know, and maybe a fiber, you know, um, and, and that uh, in, in comparison to or in conjunction with like a nutrition plan that was kind of anti-inflammatory, like that's it. You know, it's like not, not really much else. Um, and, you know, then there was, there's another dude that I'm working with now who's significantly overweight. Um, and I basically gave him krill oil. <laughs> um, and what did I give him? Some liver support uh, and a multivitamin, you know? And it was like, that's what you get, you know? And <laughs> so, I mean if there's any general recommendations. Yeah. So, I mean, I try to keep it very minimal um, because I used to think that supplements were something that were going, that was going to like really shift the tide and really make big changes. But in reality, what's going to make the biggest changes is food, um, food and lifestyle. And um, the supplements are there uh, in reality, just to back all that stuff up. And if they become the mainstay of any program, I think you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. <laughs> so I want to give somebody something and have them walk away and have a positive experience. Um, like the majority of the time, if I can get their mitochondria functioning better, they tend to have better energy levels during the day and better restful sleep at night. And if I can do something like that, like for instance, um, magnesium is like a big cofactor for energy production. And um, if they can actually relax their muscular system more at night, they're going to get better recovery. And it's a notable change. It's like they'll wake up the next day and go, my God, my sleep has gotten so good in the last week. And it's such an immediate response that for the most part, like magnesium is like a staple, you know, but I would say in a, in a big way, most minerals. So I'm kind of shifting. This is really interesting, Ben. Um, like we've been kind of taught the importance of magnesium and we've been taught um, the importance of like zinc. And uh, when we have a large amount of our education devoted to like one or two different things, we tend to bias our recommendations to those things. But, you know, I'm starting to find out that, you know, we can actually throw ourselves out of balance if we overdo it on any minerals, you know, like right. even magnesium, as much as we're deficient in magnesium, like we can really throw our systems off. So my approach over the years has slowly gone from like, we need to blast the shit out of the body with things that it's missing to like, now it's like a lot more moderate. Like, and you can hear it, you know, even in my nutrition recommendations, I'm like, well, sometimes you have to track calories. Sometimes you just tell them eat this other thing. Sometimes you do ketogenic. Sometimes if you got 
a vegetarian, you're going to need to like do these five things, you know, differently. Right. If you got, you know, so you just got to work with the person in front of you and, you know, and instead of like blasting them with like, you know, gut powder for like three weeks, you know, it's like, maybe I give them a little bit of, you know, a teaspoon morning and night because that's what they can tolerate, you know? Right. Instead of having set <laughs> protocols, right? It's like, Oh, I got a protocol for this. I got a protocol for this, but you got to listen to the client and it's a dance, right? And it's, yeah. um, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my interview with Dr. Garrett Smith, but he's a naturopathic doctor in Tucson and he does hair mineral analysis testing. Cool. And uh, you know, that's what we were talking about. It's like, it, it has to be so individualized. There's no one size fits all. And there's times when you're providing, well, it's about providing the right nutrients in the right ratios. And so it's not just pounding potassium or magnesium, you know, and eliminating sodium and calcium. It's like, where do those ratios lie and how's the body responding? And then, and then listening to the body, observing both subjectively and objectively. And then there's times when the body's in the right point, in the right point to just start to push out the, potential toxins or heavy metals or stuff like that and observing what's going on and what you're taking. And then, and so, uh, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that answer. That's, that's, that's right on. And that's certainly my philosophy too, is lifestyle nutrition. And, and even though, you know, I have a supplement company is like, dude, I, I will continue to say nutrition and lifestyle are 90, 95% of the battle. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then some foundational supplementation if, if you feel like you need it, depending on your goals. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah, all that, right, that's, that's good stuff. Um, Joey, where can people find you? Uh, well, they can check out my website. It's uh, restorafit.com, R-E-S-T-O-R-A-F-I-T.com. It's on my t-shirt. I'll provide a link in the uh, below um, YouTube video. Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at RestoreFit. So, and actually I'm on all of the uh, social media platforms uh, under the same name. So RestoreFit on Facebook, RestoreFit on, on uh, Twitter, and also on, actually I have a YouTube channel. I don't, I don't have uh, many videos up, but I have some and they're going to be continuing to be added. And then, um, yeah, and if you want to email me, um, my email is joey at RestoreFit.com. So easy, man. Yep. Uh, Joey, thanks, man. I really appreciate your time, your wisdom, your experience. Uh, it's all really, really valuable stuff. Um, so we'll have to do this again sometime. I definitely want to dive deeper into mitochondrial health and we can start to, we can start to geek out a little bit now that we skim the surface of all that, yeah. all this stuff. So uh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, my pleasure, Ben. Thanks for having me, dude. Take it easy.